0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews, brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM.
1: Welcome to Coast View, the show that celebrates the men and women who are making Coastal Mississippi such an amazing place to live, work, and play. We have a great show today, but before we get to our first guest, let me share a couple of really inspiring uh you know quotes that I've that I've run across just in the past couple of days. One was posted by my friend Brad White. Brad is the former chief of staff for Tate Reeves and is now heading up the Mississippi Department of Transportation. He's gonna do a great job. But he posted this and I just think it, it makes so much sense. Uh, a good life is when you assume nothing, do more, need less, smile often, dream big, laugh a lot And realize how blessed you are. That came from uh, lovewideopen.com. I don't know who specifically said it, but Brad shared it. And it's so true. You know, it's a a lot about humility and being humble and giving more and expecting less in return and always realizing how blessed we really are. Uh, Here's another one by my friend Susan Griggs. Again, one of one of my more positive friends, but it, this is what she posted, and this came from Unbounded Mind. Uh, be strong, but not rude. Be kind. Do not, but not weak. Uh, be humble, but not timid. Be proud, but not arrogant. Yeah, I think you know, in our social media worlds, a lot of people could probably take that advice, but I think it probably hits home with you. If you really think about it. And then the last one is one I actually ran across this morning. It's by a guy named Jonas Salk. And he said this, the reward for work well done is the opportunity to do more. The reward for work well done is the opportunity to do more. Think about it. Whether it's being a father, you know, you get if you do that well, you get to do more of it because it's it's kind of contagious. Whether it's in your career, uh, whether it's, you know, the work that you do in the community. I think it's it's a it's pretty powerful statement it gives us a lot to think about. Now, let's move to today's guest, my uh, friend the singer-songwriter Steve Azar, the music, m- music and cultural ambassador for the state of Mississippi and host of NA Mississippi Minute on Super Talk Mississippi. Good morning, Steve. How are you, buddy?
2: Oh, well, brother Ricky, how are we doing?
1: I'm doing fantastic, man. Hey, listen, you heard that last "Quote: The reward for work well done is the opportunity to do more. That's definitely true as a recording artist. But what? How does that hit home to you when you hear
2: that? I mean, that says it all in a lot of ways. Uh, first of all, in my mind, I always felt like where preparation meets opportunity. So when you when the opportunity finally comes, you cannot be prepared enough. So I think you're sort of on this constant journey and on this road." Uh, and and you've got all these turns you have to make along the way that you you didn't expect because everything doesn't work out according to plan. But the more you're prepared, the more of those opportunities are aligned for you, and you you know you have a better op- opportunity to stay on track. Uh, yeah. Sometimes there's obstacles that are just coming at you. It, it could be somebody else that's out of your hands. But I just do believe if you're always prepared for that op- next opportunity that comes. Then it's like dominoes falling. You,
1: you know what I mean? Oh, for sure. Listen, I had Will Primos on my show Tuesday, and um, you know it was just a terrific visit. And he talked about Malcolm Gladwell's book, uh, The Breaking Point. And you know what he said is about it's about positioning yourself so that when the moment occurs, you're you're ready to take advantage of. But the other point he, he made, which I think is probably even more important, is the whole notion of ten thousand hours that you got to you've got to put the time in if you want to be successful in whatever your endeavor is. And when you hear the thought of 10,000 hours, you probably look at it more as you put 100,000 hours into what you're doing, don't you?
2: I did it since I was 11. So, but, but you know what? I think it's also the quality of hours you put in. I think that you know you have to be fully engaged in each hour, I think. Now, some people are born with more talent than others. But you and I both have seen people in life that is that just just like uh, you've seen them people, and I did it. Past folks that are more talented because I was putting in the time, and it was quality time, you know. And then they just weren't because they were so gifted that they felt like, oh, I'm just that good. And then then you've got those folks that are always making excuses because, oh, I could have done this, but I decided. But no, you didn't work at it. You, you didn't <laughs> choose to do it. I mean. So, I mean, anybody that's going to be successful in life, those hours, quality hours, are extremely important for the outcome.
1: I can't agree more. You know, it's uh, it's so interesting the contrast between between someone who might work in a corporate environment and work eight to four, eight to five, and then you spend time with an entrepreneur someone like you, Steve, who doesn't really know what time off looks like. You're, you're always engaged in Uh, something or another, (laughs) you know, that's, that's so important. I just
2: want to come to your cabin, whatever you call a cabin, whatever that is, it's a, a, it's a, you know, it's a hotel compared to a motel cabin, but, but, uh, and just unwind. But during this time now, what's coming at me now, I'm, I don't know what to do because I don't want to say no. I want to play catch up and I love playing, but there's some journeys that I'm that I'm looking at on my calendar that may be impossible to make. And yeah. everybody's playing catch up now, you know, so they are, you know, they you, are. Want to, you want to play and you want to take care of your guys. I want my guys to work uh, yeah. more than anything, but some of it is not going to be doable. It'll, it'll kill us.
1: Well, some of the things. Let's. What we. What I want to do. We, we'll come back to that in a second. But if you think about the pent up demand, so the the part of your work that involves um, getting back on the road and doing concerts that that is now re-emerged as an opportunity. The yeah. part of your work that's involved in. A nonprofit efforts across this country. I can only imagine that the as those start to ramp back up again, those requests are coming in fast and furious. The opportunities to collaborate—you have so many different collaboration opportunities—and then people need to know that you're, you know, at the core, you're a songwriter. So there's this opportunity over here not just for collaboration, but just in requests that you get. It could be music for, for movies. It could be music for any number of different things. Uh, I want to get into all that because you're, you're sort of, what's going to be interesting about that part of the conversation is coming out of the pandemic, a singer-songwriter, where, what, what are the opportunities and how do you start to evaluate them so that you can you know, figure out how to find your new normal, whatever that's going to be. But Steve, before we get into all that, I went to Spotify this morning, and uh, for people who are not listening to In a Mississippi Minute, I want to highly recommend it. Steve has a, a knack for having conversations with so many interesting people, and one of the things I did is I just went down the list this morning, and I immediately was drawn to some of the shows that I've listened to recently that just stood out to me. And uh, I want to kind of go through that for just a second, if sure. you don't mind. And well, you know, that'll give people sort of a flavor for what your show is all about, but you've, uh, you've you know, you, you're, you're based in the Delta, so you're this incredible sort of eclectic mix of music, and people have, have, uh, have really said that you have a soul in your music, and that's because you were based in Greenville, and that's kind of sort of where you learned how to do music. So when you have a conversation with a young man uh, like, for example, uh, Kingfish Ingram, that you had recently, your ability to connect with him and the stories that you guys told and the talent that's emerging in Kingfish, really, even though you didn't have the opportunity to have him play, the reality is this guy is incredibly gifted and just a signal of the kind of gifts that we have all across the state of Mississippi. But what stands out in in that conversation with you?
2: Dan, first of all, uh, his intelligence at a young age already. You can tell that he's been very experienced, and he's also. You mentioned something earlier about not being arrogant. There, you have to be confident, but not arrogant. If you can walk that line, then you do Then, then you remain humble. He's extremely humble. He knows where he came from, which is Clarksdale. Um, he's uh, suffered loss already. His mom was like, you know, it for him. She before when you tried to get a get, you tried to get him booked, you had to call his mom, you know, and now he's in the real world of music where. It's not all in the family. It's, you know, other folks that he's got to depend on and trust. And I feel like he's in a really good place. Um, musically, he's a prodigy. It's just it doesn't make any sense that he's that good this soon. He's been that good since he was 16 or 17. But as he makes this journey now, all of the stuff, that he, it, it's just going to turn into something really special. And, you know, it's with him, it's in the water. It's in his genetic makeup, right? So, uh, but but I love the opportunity how it happened. This is what's great about you know serving as music and culture ambassador. The thing that I love the most is when I hear something like this. This shows it works. He went to a little the the Delta Blue the, excuse me, the Delta Blues Museum in Clarksdale had a little thing for kids. They could come a little camp. They could come in, and play some songs, and that. And that's where it happened. If he doesn't get that opportunity and is not mentored by folks that are capable of mentoring him, then who knows what he's doing? But that was it. It, turned, it just turned the faucet on. Me. And who knew that this crazy talent was already going to be there? So I was really impressed by him uh, already at this tender age of 22 and what he's accomplished already. But you got to understand, when he plays in Mississippi or around this area in the tri, you know, Arkansas, Louisiana, all that, he makes a certain amount of money. But when he goes overseas, he makes a lot of money. So <laughs> I know. how the world perceives the music that is created here, especially the blues, and how it's respected and really paid for apart.
1: Yeah, we're gonna, actually, there's a really important point y'all made during that conversation I want to come back to, but we're, we're we're meeting, we're having a conversation with Steve Azar and talking about his show, some highlights from his show in the Mississippi Minute, and we'll continue the conversation when we come back after this break.
0: Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I-10 exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. His love for the coast is why he's here. It's Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1.
1: Welcome back to Coast View. We have Steve Azar, my singer-songwriter friend, the music and cultural ambassador for Mississippi, for Mississippi and the host of In a Mississippi Minute on Super Talk Mississippi. Uh, Steve, when we went to break, we were talking about uh, your, your good friend, Kingfish Ingram, who you had a terrific conversation with on In a Mississippi Minute. And one of the points you made is that when he plays in Mississippi, he makes a little bit of money. When he goes overseas, he makes a lot of money. I remember a point in the conversation with him When you guys were talking and it was a little bit of disappointment, actually. And that was the point that when he's overseas, it seems that people appreciate the Delta Blues more than when he's in his home state. You know, what do you think that is? Do you think we've sort of taken it for granted or don't appreciate what it means to be sort of the birthplace of American music? How do you synthesize that?
2: I, I don't I think it's sort of there's something normal about it. You know, I mean, meaning we're around it so much. Um, We can oversaturate ourselves. Oh, Kingfish is playing. Um, They get one opportunity to see them.
1: Yeah,
2: We're at the grocery store. You can see us anywhere. And so I just, but there's something nice about that. And that's why home is home. And also Mississippi, I got to tell you, we're full of so many characters, as you know, that somebody feels like, well, you're doing good at that, but Look what I've done. And we just have a lot of people to celebrate. And I think it's sort of, it makes home feel very comforting and comfortable. And if I think that if you had to be on at all times, it would be exhausting. So yeah. I sort of see it as a plus. Now, what I'd like to see our state do, and I think that we're working on that, I know we're working on that, is I'd like us, I feel like we deserve to be Texas. Texas, you can make an entire living within the state. You you don't have to go anywhere. You have to leave state lines, and and if you if you become a hero in music there, you make a big living, and you keep your you're paying taxes. And I mean it's a no brainer, but easier said than done. And so, but I do think that we are getting better. So if we can keep Kingfish from leaving, right, and always stand in Mississippi, I don't think he's got a plan to go anywhere. I think that that's your big win. So, yeah. artists that are coming along, I mean, maybe we can get Randy Hauser to move back. Like, you know, Marty Stewart has started to spend a lot of time here. You never know if he's going to just all of a sudden go, I'm coming home, home. Rather than, yeah. you got one foot in and one foot out. You know, country, uh, co- Congress, country music, what he's doing is insane for our state. It's going to be brilliant. And for that particular part of the state, uh, we've become good friends during this whole process. And, uh, and I just think the more that we can all unite, the more we can figure out ways to make that happen. But, look, there's a big creative uh, economic opportunity for or the arts of all kinds in Mississippi. We can keep everybody here. Let us go off, do our thing, come back and pay taxes. I mean, I think that that's, that would, that, that's your first step. But you have to create those opportunities. And I think we're starting to do that in a lot of situations. So Actually, I'm going w- to stick around a little longer as a music and culture ambassador because I feel like now I'm starting to get it and understand yeah. it. You talk about the man hours, the time you put in, the more I'm yeah. doing it, the more I, I feel like, oh wait, we could do this. And so I think it's I think that that's mattering, but we'll see how that goes.
1: I love I love that during that conversation with Kingfish Ingram, there was a point in the conversation when you were saying, "Hey, go go visit the world, go experience the world, but always come home. Don't ever, don't be drawn to leave." I, I was really touched by the fact that you really appreciated how important it was for him to keep his roots in Mississippi and keep that inspiration being here. Because his opportunity to to you know to to show the world what is great about Mississippi's talent is there, and you were very sensitive to that.
2: So what I, other, so I, I had to leave though Ricky because yeah. I, I didn't have anybody teaching me how to get become a better writer. So he doesn't have to do that because he's got everybody coming to him. So yeah that's, that's the benefit and because he's so talented.
1: Also also just talking about Mississippians and we've talked about Cedric before but your conversation with Cedric Burnside I remember a point in the conversation where you know he's about to go back on the road and what that means for him is is you know going across the pond again and going into Europe and all of that uh, in fact, you guys talked about maybe rendezvousing somewhere along the way. But, but you know, another incredible blues musician from Mississippi who's found a way to uh, really inspire people outside the U.S. And uh, I guess that's not rare, huh? He's,
2: ex- man, he's crazy special. He's articulate. He's brilliant. Uh, he's very humble. He's grounded, got great faith, got a great wife. You can just tell his life is in such a good place. Uh, he works really hard, and he gets it. I mean, he is a guy that will sit in line with autographs till till if there's seven hours, and he knows that he's got it, he'll do it. I, I'm just saying, he's that guy. He um, reminds me of a country music act in that regard. You know, country. We we've stayed in line for hours and hours after a show, drenched in in August in Iowa, and you know what I mean just just so hot. And you have you have one choice, and that's to stay there and stay till the last person's there to say hello to you, and he's that guy, which is an unusual thing in his world because he doesn't have to be. Uh, also, he, he's just crazy talented, and I love him. I, he's a brother. He's a true brother. You know that's, uh, what I? Go ahead. I'm sorry. What I said.
1: What I said about you two. You know, you did cold water together, but it's clear that. There's as much of a, of a energy toward collaborating on his side as there is on your side. And future collaborations between you and Cedric are going to be re- very interesting to watch. And there's a lot of magic there potentially, isn't there?
2: You know what's funny? That one song, I looked at, my, I looked at just my, uh, you get your uh, streaming numbers in, a weekly around the world from Russia to not everywhere that song is getting played more and more it's, it, it's it's continuing to you get you get to that place where you're at a peak but but it should have dropped but it's not so it's really doing well still i mean thousands and thousands and thousands of streams a week uh and it's not going anywhere so i think people really got the fact that we were there and it was a really honest moment uh we we really enjoyed it. It the first time to work together in a studio not on stage and so it was uh yeah, I mean, I, I think it's paying off, and I, I do want to work with him. We want to make a whole record. We'll, we'll figure out if that ever happens. We we'll both have to have time.
1: <laughs> another uh, another, conver- yeah, another conversation that sticks out is with singer, oh, excuse me, songwriter, well, singer too, songwriter yeah. Leslie Satcher. She can and uh, so again, you know, you think about Cedric, he has this kind of cool demeanor. You said humble. He's literally drenched with humility when he talks he, you tell he cares so much more about you. His empathy is so significant. Sure. Well, every every quality like that that you see in Cedric Burnside just just flows out of Leslie Satcher. What an amazingly grounded person.
2: So I I've said a lot of Sa- Leslie. Maybe it was at the Opry when we played we played the Grand Ole Opry, or whatever. I've seen her multiple times. Seen her at the Pancake or at uh, Loveless Cafe, or you know. But I didn't. I've never had that long of a conversation with her. And what I did take from that, you were the empathy and all that. I mean, she's she doesn't even it's almost like everything's a matter of fact. Oh, that's how, you know, her life, how it all happened. She had such talent, but she also uh, and, and I know that she worked hard to get there. But it, I don't it never felt like she was working at it. You, you know what I mean? She was putting that time in. But it was almost like, oh, you know, Vince Gill, and he's cut every song we've written together. And, you know, oh, they, and I'm like, what are you talking about? You know, every <laughs> song we've written together. You know, so, I mean, it's almost like, you know, it's so nice. Uh, he's so nice. And, and and Vince isn't that nice. Amy's nice. But Vince isn't that nice. You you get on the golf course, or you get on the basketball court, or you get in a, any sporting environment with Vince, he ain't nice. He's competitive. <laughs> he, he wants to take you out. Now, he had not been able to take me out in much anything. Vince, sorry about that. But uh, <laughs> he's, uh, but uh, the uh, I have a lot of fond memories of of uh, with competing against Vince because he he brought the best out in you. But as a singer, come on, and as a guitar player and as a songwriter, Vince Gill is is absolutely amazing.
1: Yeah, but anyway, that you know, again, this is one of the benefits of in a Mississippi minute. I've never heard the name Leslie Satcher before. Yeah. So I get into this conversation and she starts talking about these people that they she's worked with over the years and her long association with Vince Gill that you pointed out. And it's just an interesting conversation. And what makes it more interesting is that you guys sort of come from the same place and you're able to have this this conversation like over a glass of wine that the rest of us kind of get to listen in on hey I, you know, so getting outside the recording industry for a second i really enjoyed your conversation with mark patterson now for people who don't remember him he was a, a wide receiver in the nfl and uh, had you know, had a really good career in the nfl when he retired from the nfl he had a he had a goal to uh to climb the seven summits of the world now you know if you don't know what the seven summits are these are the highest mountains and what we we, what we call the traditional uh uh, uh, continents and recently he uh he he was able to get to the the peak of everest but but man oh man what an inspiring guy that is
2: yeah well got to know him through my sister he was at the wedding when my he he went to my brother-in-law played tennis at university of washington he played football there at the same time. They he ended up being in New Orleans where my brother-in-law was at Tulane Med School. So they ended up reuniting, you know, after, after college, and and he was playing for the Saints. And um anyway, just a great guy, but this is crazy. He's got a, a podcast called, as he calls it Pod, uh called Finding Your Summit. And he finally got to to nail it right. He had to wait a year and a half with the pandemic because he was ready to take it on. So he ends up doing it. He fit I was on the whole journey with him. So I was getting text messages at night. I mean, there's no oxygen. It was amazing. I sort of felt like I was with him, but of course I wasn't. And when he just left the Delta Soul, so 15 days before he was on top of the world. And then he was at the Delta down at the flatlands of the world. And he said getting to the Mississippi Delta was as equally as complicated as climbing Mount Everest. It's not easy. And I said, (laughs) hey, it's not easy getting to Sun Valley either. You know, I mean, I that that road runs two ways. So, but anyway, he uh, what a story, man! What and he's in incredible shape. You, you can imagine, right? But you know, people people die trying to make that journey. And so, yeah. it, pretty insane. And I'm actually going to go now. The NFL Films has made a documentary. He's asked me to go uh, in September to Sun Valley to play uh, in honor of that that night. And also, uh, as well, Jimbo Covert. I'm so excited. I got asked with Edwin, him, me and Edwin McCain are gonna play some songs for his induction into the NFL Hall of Fame in Canton. So those are the things, you talk about my schedule, those are the things I can't say no to. There's no yeah. way. You know, they when Jimbo calls, and first of all, he's very big. And so I'm not, you know, he'll see me, and you know, he can he can throw me around like a rag doll. But no, I love him so much, and, and I'm honored. So I've turned down work you know, paid gigs because it just, that'll come back because he's a good friend. So anyway, when so- we
1: come back, when we come back, uh, we'll talk about a couple of other shows that have been standout shows from uh, In a Mississippi Minute. Then we'll switch gears and see how does Steve evaluate the opportunities that are in front of him now that the, we're coming out of the pandemic? What's the ramp up for him look like? We'll be back after this break.
0: Now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews, brought to you by J Allen Toyota, Gulf Coast Business Supply, and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM.
1: Welcome back to Coast View. We have Steve Azar singer songwriter from mississippi the the cultural ambassador for the state of mississippi and host of in the mississippi minute here on super talk have a couple of other uh special guests that you've had along the way that i just want to kind of lean back to and 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 highlight real quick and then we'll talk about you know what's next for you as you sort of come out of the uh, pandemic man i hadn't heard the name jim mcmahon in a long time and uh it was great for you to connect with him. I'm sure that everybody who listened to that show, and if you didn't hear it, just go to Spotify or your favorite podcast platform and pull it up. But, man, his contributions. He was a colorful character at Chicago Bears. It was fun to kind of catch up with him, wasn't it?
2: Oh, man. I love Jimmy. We saw each other. Uh, – I'm trying to think what event it was recently. Gosh, dog, I can't remember where we were. So many events, but we spent a good bit of, bit of time together. Man, he's the best. Uh, he's gone through a lot. He's got They got it sort of figured out now where he goes to New York every three months and they drain this fluid off the back of it and the spine. And he said it feels like you're flushing. His, like a the toilet and his brain. He feels it just come out. So yeah. he's been able to sort of uh, find comfort, you know, and he yeah. can tell it's time to go back. Um, anyway, just what a remarkable guy. He he couldn't come to the Delta. Soul when there's an opportunity to help our wounded wounded soldiers, He's all in. And I promise you, there are more wounded soldiers that have his personal cell phone than anyone else in the world. He cares about him when he does his event. We're going to go do his event uh, soon in Arizona when he, he is surrounded by them and he loves it. And I feel like that it's a beautiful thing because it matters so much to him to see these kids come home uh, broken. And he wants to be a part of fixing there be a healing process and He's a beautiful guy, man. Just beautiful. And and obviously, he's on the cover of Rolling Stone. For goodness' sake, come on. Of
1: course. Yeah, but you're alluding to his his uh, repeated concussions and other injuries that he got along the way. And he's really, for people who haven't paid attention to Jim McMahon, he's you know made his his. Track to you know stay as healthy as he possibly can. Very public, so people can understand what he's going through. But he's had a really tough time. But he's done a, as you pointed out, he's done a good job of really finding what works for him in this situation. But it is you know it's something he's going to, have to live with the rest of his life, huh, Steve?
2: Sure. I mean, I think he understands diet and all that. And he has like look, Jimmy Mac likes to have a lot of fun. So uh, there's a there's a lot of cores light that he. If you know what the crazy thing is that Mac, he looks like he he looks incredible. Like, his body looks like it did. The, the, only, the only odd thing that's really hard to, to take in is when you're on the beach with him and he comes out in the thong, kind of the water. You think you're about to see <laughs> Bo Derek coming out of the water, and all of a sudden it's Jim McMahon, and you just go, no. No, no. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> it's a trip.
1: <laughs> and then uh, lastly, real quickly, your dear friend, Gary Valentine. You guys go back a long way, and uh, you had the opportunity to see him recently. Tell me about how special those conversations are.
2: He walked on my bus. I was with John Daly, and I had just become friends. We both had our bu- buses parked together at the Monday after the Masters. Uh, Darius and and the boys, and at their event, it was the first year for me to go there. And all of a sudden, Gary Valentine walks on the bus. Well, I knew he was, but I just, you know, and I was playing a song, and I was playing "You Don't Know a Thing" actually, and uh, off Mandy Moore record that Daly was featured in. And he just started making these noises around it and all that. And I said, "What the heck?" Anyway, we've been inseparable. Inseparable sense uh, He is truly One of my dearest friends I've ever had in my life He just texted me, it's funny He just texted right then, I just saw GV show up They're in New Orleans right now, Kevin, James is His brother, uh, and they go by Different stage names, but um, uh, Incredible faith uh, we're, You know, we're all Catholic I've been to retreats at Kevin's house That's just unbelievable um, And Kevin's house The centerpiece is a chapel You go to mass in Latin and it's old school and it's beautiful. And so uh, it's a good fit for us. But um, they're shooting, you know, he's playing Sean Payton right now uh, in New Orleans when he went and had to go coach high school. I've had the last two feature tracks, so I'm going to say that I'm hoping I'm getting the next one. Uh, but uh, so anyway, we'll see how that works out. But I was hoping that Kevin and Adam Sandler, and uh, who's producing the movie with Kevin uh, and GB, were going to make the Delft Soul. But uh, they had COVID. That one of the their stars, Taylor, uh, he's a big actor. Everybody will know him. He's one of the coaches as well. He got COVID and he shut everybody down. So anyway, it would have been an added addition at the Delta Soul to have those three. But our Delta Soul was rocking this year. So we were good.
1: Hey, real quick, they were a lot, you know, they're they're aligned together. But to to be aligned with Adam Sandler these days, he literally has the Midas touch. And uh, yeah. And it's going to be interesting to see how that movie does. I bet it's going to do really well. Hey, so tell me uh, real quick about, you know, you've mentioned it a couple of times, but your fundraiser and your foundation is near and dear to you. You actually had a face-to-face fundraiser recently. How cool was that?
2: It occupied an entire hotel. Uh, We had our, it was incredible. Uh, We probably filled up about 400 rooms. You know, we, we, we had 25 states represented. Uh, a lot of new celebrities that had never been here before, uh, including Michael Ruzioni, Miracle and Ice. I mean, he loved it. I mean, you know, I'm going to his in, but we're. Gwen and I are going to go to his in August. Uh, Dan Jansen, I've done his event. He finally, him and his wife, Karen, finally came here. Uh, just so many incredible, Dwight Hicks, Greg Lloyd from the Steelers. Dwight played for the Niners in Montana. Um, Pete Shaw, his brother was one of the most famous trumpeters in the world. Uh, and he went to, He was an NFL player for a while. I mean, it just really great group of new folks. And um, Mark Patterson came, like I said. Anyway, we raised a lot of money. It was very successful. We were, as Craig Ray says, visited Mississippi. This is all about hugs, handshakes, and high fives, and we were able to do all three. And uh, it was beautiful. I mean, it was. It was. And listen, we had weather. We had crazy weather. I mean, I'm so. I was so tired of just making decisions. <laughs> but sometimes you make decisions and you're like, we've always done the Big Ten outside, the big stage. And it's hot. You know, we went inside and it was better. So next year we're going to stay inside. I'm going to quit worrying about being outside. And and the bottom line is we're able to continue to give. Last year we did that. You know, it was our 10th year, Ricky. So uh, last year we did it virtually and we did really well because we didn't have any expenses. Yeah. This year we did really well, as probably as good as that with expenses. So uh, we get to continue to give, and that means everything to my wife, Gwen, and I. And uh, it's been our greatest achievement in life next to watching our kids do their thing.
1: That's That's so awesome. Okay. You get up this morning. And you're looking at sort of you're in your war room, so to speak, and you're trying to figure out, okay, what hill am I going to go tackle next? What what are the things that are sitting in front of you right now? What does it look like to be a singer songwriter coming out of the pandemic when you've got a band to worry about and all these different constituencies to think and worry about? How do you decide decide that? But let's start with what are you looking at?
2: Well, I look at a list. Right. And then on my list, I've got I call it potential and confirmed work. And then I've got a list of opportunities, and then some of those things are recurrent, like an annual event that happens. So like our Mockingbird Music Festival, we, we're put, I'm, I'm doing the Mighty Roots Music Festival with my buddy Howard on Stoveball Farms. It's gonna be a big festival the weekend for the King Biscuit. The goal is to turn and bring everybody into the Delta and let them go to Memphis, New Orleans, Jackson. Let them experience the Gulf Coast. Spend two weeks in the Delta, you know, or, or, or two weeks in our the city of memphis and and experience all of what we have because there's so many things that we offer so the economy the economic impact in be is so vast but the work behind it is insane so it's very it's a it's a lot so i look at that every day and go what can i do um but so with a couple music festivals our mockingbird songwriter music festival now is going just in denver we sold it out uh, i started that just a just a series right well now it's in palm springs it's in it's, a, it's going it's, it, it's at Old Waverly George Bryan three a year my buddy George um, there's we're doing it all over the map now and so that's becoming a thing of its own sort of it's called the birthplace it's, it's Music City comes to the birthplace of American music and it's great hit songwriters all of us together I say uh, sorry but I host that and I do my thing and they do their thing and it's just it's it's an incredible night of entertainment and great culinary experience so you got incredible food and incredible music and it's It's an impactful night, so we're doing that as well. And uh, we started doing it in Flowood, and we worked out really good. It just as we've been doing it in Oxford, did it in Greenville, did it, and we're all over the map now. Doing Jonesboro, Arkansas now. But I have to make go. Okay, I've got my real shows, my regular band shows. I need to do about twenty-five of those a year. I need to do about twenty-five Mockingbird or or solo shows, and then I got the Mockingbird. Then I've got fifteen celebrity charity events that I got to do. We got to do them because I can't say no. So, and then I'm producing, I love to produce other acts. This kid in South Mississippi that we're making, I got Nashville buzzing quite a bit right now. Um, I'm a, we're partnering up, it looks like. Tyler Tisdale, he's special. And I and I love him like a son now. So um, we're working then. My, my kid, Jabe that we managed, just won Best Video of the Year at Arkansas Music Awards. We beat out Pam Tillis and some other big acts. And so that's going on. And my radio show matters to me more than ever. I love doing it In Mississippi Minute. I love our team super talk. And then there's about 10 things, 20, about 15 things, 20 things I do as a Music and Culture Ambassador. Just left Orlando. It's a lot, and I could love to consult songwriters. So uh, that's only part of it, you know? <laughs> so, but, but I have a list, and I go down it, and if it makes sense, it makes sense. But I'm saying yes to a lot of things this year. It's very, it's overwhelming.
1: So when we, when we come back, we'll talk about um, the calendar getting packed now and then what it's going to be like to be able to serve your bandmates again. You get them back on the road with you and get them making a living again. That's got to be exciting. We'll, we'll come back and continue our conversation with Steve Azor after this break.
0: So listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast one hundred three point one on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say Alexa, open Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast one hundred three point one.
1: Welcome back to Coastview, uh, the final segment. And, uh, you know, I'm visiting with my friend Steve Azar. We've, we've really grown close over the last little bit over a year now. It's always good to just kind of touch base with him. He has such a sense of things. And, you know, it's interesting, Steve, hasn't doing in a Mississippi Minute, the, what you learn from your guests sort of changes some of the choices you make, doesn't it?
2: learning to listen. You talk about GV. He said, Steve, why don't you listen a little more on your show? In the beginning, I felt like, I should, do I need to be funny? Do I need to, you know, I want to be a radio guy. Well, no. then I just, after he said that, I said, what do you mean? He goes, let people tell their story. And I said, okay. And it became easier. It became more insightful and more interesting for our viewers. And yeah, I've learned so much about myself, too, that I'm able to shut up and listen. That's, that's always been I've always been asked the questions. We talked about this, and it's the opposite. So, yes, there. Um, but, but also, you, you talked about what we were talking about a minute ago out, off air. You, you're, you got tired listening to me tell my schedule and the travel. I still enjoy it because at the end of the day, I love writing songs because I get to take it to the people, and I still love it like I did when I was twelve. Yeah. So that's the problem I have. I'm never going to get over that. I mean, I'm I'm old enough now to understand that, you know. Being on stage and getting to perform in whatever environment with your band, by yourself, telling stories, is the greatest gift that I've ever been given, and yeah. it's still enjoyable like I'm like I'm a kid playing sports, you know, like you compete and you and we're comp- competitive, so it's not like we're doing it we're 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 in the major league still, but I know my my gig is different now. I know when I moved home, I made some choices to be with family. Um, I'm also just became brand ambassador for the Dancing Rabbit, you know the. The folks in Philadelphia, Mississippi, I love them so much. I played that Choctaw Fair. We're giving them a country country trail marker soon. The Shoba County Fair is getting a country trail marker. Um, uh, it's just very exciting and I really enjoyed working with them. And then um, the Delta Music Institute, another thing, I'm 10 years as artist and resident and it matters to me. Mm. So um, when I reach out to and go, hey, am I still good? They go, you're good. But they got to realize something that I feel like I can re- I really have a voice or something like that because I'm still in the game, and I've got friends that are heavily in the game, and I love sharing that with with our youth. So uh, uh-huh. that is the confidence side that I have, and also I'm humbled to get to do it.
1: Yeah, what I said to Steve was there was a time in my career where I did like six hundred and fifty thousand frequent flyer miles in a two year period. Yeah, a yeah. lot. Yeah. I look back on as exciting time in my life, but I wouldn't want to go back there. But the business model for you is different now. What? What? I mean, you get so much gratification when you travel. This opportunity to touch as many people as possible. Another thing is streaming is where you know part of, part of your business model. So you need to touch as many people as you possibly can. So whether it's through a fundraising effort, or concert, or solo show, or through the songwriter's music festival, whatever it might be um the more people you touch the better it's going to be for you in the long run and does that does that factor into your thinking
2: i think what factors into my think yes but also i had throat surgery once so which which stopped me dead in my tracks for a couple of years so i don't want to go back there and like when we did the mockingbird sari festival i had no business singing because i lost my voice cuz it got cold that night before it was drizzling on us I was up dealing with everything, all my friends, I wanted to make sure, because we were hosting my friends, you know, I wanted to make sure, like, they were at our house, and so I, I made a big mistake there, and uh, my voice hurt for about two days afterwards, so uh, I had no voice to sing, I, no, I I shouldn't have done it, but I did, uh, because I'm, so I've got to watch things like that, and the time I put in consulting, when I get off of this thing, I'm consulting a songwriter, uh, via Skype for two hours, uh, so uh, and I love doing it, but I got to make sure I'm drinking water and maybe yeah. suck a cough drop or keeping my throat moist.
1: Well, I've said this before, but uh, for people who didn't hear it or, or or maybe didn't didn't watch that show, at one point Steve was actually one of the top, if not the top, celebrity golfers in the world, and that was Golf Digest. Doing all you're doing now, Steve, it, it's not good for your uh-huh. golf game, is it?
2: I'm awful. It's <laughs> awful. And everybody goes, oh, that Music City got, that was a big, I said, no, I was working hard. Tell about putting your time. I had a triangle of balls every day. And and during that stretch, I had seven hole-in-ones and one on a par four with Jim McMahon on the green. <laughs> so in the Virgin Islands, but the bottom line is I hadn't had any sense. Now, I had all pink. Those all were made with pink clubs. It's funny. I had a dream last night. Right now, I've got no pink clubs in my bag since I've made those hole-in-ones. So that's probably dumb. Second of all, uh, I had a dream that I put them back in the bag. <laughs> so it's funny you're bringing it up. But when I was working at it, I had the satisfaction of competing and winning, probably won probably 50, 60 music tournaments. So, uh, and with I was paired together or on my own, um, and it was a lot of fun and Golf Digest really recognized it. And I got to spend time with Arnold Palmer and it was, it was beautiful. But, you know, I did playing lessons with Kenny Perry after I had a car wreck. I couldn't take the club back to here. I, now I can take it all the way back, but for about five years I had bat, really bad back issues, and so I had to learn to play with a different swing, and it looked awful. Uh, but it, I became affected with that. But now it's a mess, and I shot seventy four the other day, and I shot eighty five to back it. So I don't know. Who knows? It's it's an ugly it's an ugly five six handicap. That's really not that. But I used to be down there. Used to be well, like,
1: you'll find you'll find your routine because you have a pass. No, no, no.
2: I'm good with it. It's fine. I'm done. <laughs>
1: So what, when uh, when you're around my wife Anne, we'll have to have you guys go outside and play horse. She's never been beating horse. She was okay. going
2: to talk about that. Most, ath- to
1: that. most athletic in high school, and I know you can rip the bottom out of a net too. It'd be fun to watch her and you go after each other. Hey, listen, we're out of time, Steve. It's been a pleasure to meet, to uh, catch up with you. Uh, keep up the great work. Good luck, sort of getting your calendar where it's yeah, I manageable.
2: Uh, I love yeah. you, brother. You're so special to our state. And uh, just, I love being a part of Team Super Talk with you. And uh, it's just been a blast. And you're the best, man. You're
1: you're the best, too, man. I really appreciate spending time with you. And we'll stay in touch. Take care. And we'll see you tomorrow.
0: A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.